0: State Sycamores are tournament champion. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley
1: Conference. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the reboot of the inside the valley podcast Uh, my name is derek Dockett, associate commissioner for new media and technology with the missouri valley conference and glad you guys have taken the time to listen and download uh, the inside the valley podcast finding us on soundcloud or at MVCsports.com under the multimedia tab uh, with our other audio and podcast as always that we make available online and Uh, excited to get this thing back going. As you guys know, we did this test drive in the fall and had a lot of fun with it, was able to talk to uh, beat writers, TV guys, some of our administrators in the fall, and and hopeful now with the reboot of it that since we had so much, uh, a good time with it, we can keep it going through the stretch run of our conference basketball season into Arch Madness and hopefully even further into the spring sports. So uh, if you guys have any thoughts, suggestions, by all means, feel free to send those my way. Uh, d docket it on Twitter. Obviously, I'm running, managing the uh, Missouri Valley Conference social media accounts. If you guys have comments, whatever it might be, uh, send those my way. We'll hope to continue to have some fun with this and uh, see where it goes. So, and Speaking of having some fun with it, I actually have a co-host to help me get through this so you guys don't have to just listen to my voice all the time. Uh, Joey Spivey, Joseph Spivey on Twitter. Uh gosh, I'm not sure how we first even came across each other. Like, do you remember at all?
2: Derek, I'm I have no idea. Um <laughs> Twitter's great like that though, right? And you know what friends, that friends, yeah. <laughs>
1: that that's one of the reasons why I like it. Not only I mean I have no problem getting in touch with the fans, like when I see someone tweet something at one of our Twitter accounts and I'll respond back from my personal account. Um I think that's probably how I've sort of connected with a number of folks, but uh Maybe that was it. Maybe you you tweeted something or followed something. I don't know. I think I knew. I think I might remember now when you started doing stuff for uh, on Press Row. Gary uh, Rima, the the radio voice of the Northern Hour Panthers, his website. Uh, I think I may have followed you off of that. I saw maybe a, a blog post or something that from that Twitter account was written and I saw your name. So I followed the account. Maybe that's how I followed. I'm not sure.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I hope it's that and, and not because I was tweeting at the Valley Hoops Twitter account complaining about officiating in a Drake game.
1: No comment. <laughs> no comment. But that's, it's, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do this with me. Um, you've, you've obviously got a, a, a solid Valley background as a fan. I guess you, you, we've talked before, you mentioned that you've had uh, season tickets before and you uh, made your first trip to Arch Madness last year. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I was uh, from 2011, to 2013 was actually a student at the University of Northern Iowa. So I got to see some, uh, some golden Panther basketball up there and then transferred to Drake University where um, I I got a slightly different basketball experience. But so I, so I've, I've run the Missouri Valley gauntlet in the state of Iowa. And now my wife and I are season ticket holders in our second season at Drake. Um, So I'm getting a front row look at that, process um, that that Ray Jacoleetti's taken on since he's gotten to Drake um, and just across the board have been a big valley fan ever since I I stepped foot onto the uh, the campus in Cedar Falls and haven't really looked back since
1: that's pretty awesome and that's actually pretty similar I don't many folks know my background I was a student uh, at Missouri State from 1997 to 2002 and almost the same thing um, I stepped on campus there and was kind of like Wow, this brand of basketball is pretty cool, and then just fell in love with the conference tournament. Being I'm from St. Louis, and it was like going home for me. So I've have been Arch Madness every year since a since I guess, gosh, I want to say 1998 or 99. I haven't missed one. I've been to at least one game at the tournament since then, and of course now wow. I have to be there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been quite a run. So yeah, that's that's it's like I said, it's awesome to have you aboard and. I think you, besides, you know, I can't, I'm sure there's another fan out there probably watches as much (laughs) Valley basketball as I do. You, you've stayed pretty up to, up to date on what's going on. I saw you tweeting about some of the other games that were going on Saturday night that we'll get into a little bit later on a a crazy weekend uh, around league with some overtime games. But uh, you stay pretty uh, close to the button on uh, Valley hoops too, right?
2: Yeah, and you know, even if I'm not able to, to watch a game, which I, especially with this new ESPN3 partnership, I, it's difficult to, to really, you know, take full advantage of all the be- viewing opportunities. Um, but I, you know, there's always an app, there's always the Valley Hoops Twitter account, I'm always able to follow it to some degree, and then I'm, I've completely convinced myself that whatever opinions or updates I have of the game, everyone on Twitter is interested <laughs> in hearing my take on it.
1: That's why I don't have any opinions. I just, I just say something's nuts or give a hot take <laughs> or tweet my hot take uh, gif or whatever it is. So, uh, no, that's great. Now, you, you mentioned something. I'll, I'll get your opinion on this now. This is the first year that we've had the Valley on ESPN3. So we've got all these games on. And this year for the conference season, every single game is on television or ESPN3 somewhere. Uh, all 90 of our games are on and every single women's basketball game in the same in the same fashion, uh those games on ESPN three. What's your take now as a fan, uh being able to watch all these games when you have the chance to?
2: Yeah, I it's an incredible opportunity and not only from a fan perspective, um but i we're talking so now now that i'm i'm trying to contribute to this great podcast you're doing <laughs> um i you know i've i've obviously got to step my game up the expectations i've got that accountability now and i've got these viewing opportunities and then uh anytime i do any kind of writing across the valley whether it's about northern iowa or drake or outside of the state of iowa um at, at first, I'd have to kind of piece together the storylines. I think Bradley's a great example. That's a really interesting storyline nationally just because of that youth and then in the valley to kind of predict where they're going to go as a team uh that's that's a storyline that usually a fan or kind of an outside viewer wouldn't be able to touch directly but with this t v partnership i can I can see as much of it as I want to. You can really get that first row experience with with every individual storyline in the valley
1: yeah, it's I will say this. I've, I've caught myself a couple of times on the edge of my seat. L- Saturday was a great example with Missouri state, and Illinois state and overtime. And at the same time, Loyola, Indiana state playing an overtime game. It was sort of like, I'm, I'm, I've got two different things on my screen. One of those games on Fox Midwest, one of those games on the Valley on ESPN three. And I'm like, what's going on in this one? What's going on in that one yeah. at the exact same time. That's sort of what's happened with this thing now. And, um, it's, it's Obviously, it's a great opportunity. We've talked before, and I won't get into this before. We've had numerous discussions and things like that on the ballot ESPN3, and I think everyone knows the background on that now. But uh, not only a great opportunity for the league in terms of our visibility, but even behind the scenes, it's the students doing the production, the students doing the, the heavy lifting on, on the production of these games, and uh, they're getting the opportunity of doing something that, uh, you know, real world experience of doing television production for ESPN um, that alone kind of priceless and having that opportunity to do those kinds of things is it's turned out to go really, really well. And we're excited to see how that is uh, taken off. So um, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. It's been fun to see this thing grow and develop. And it's got a lot more growing and developing to do quite honestly. Um, I'm sure uh, some of the folks in my office, my coworkers would say that we're in the infancy stages of it. Uh, but you know we 'll see what happens in the spring and 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 going forward in next year because it's it 's going to grow folks we 're going to see more and more and more in basketball and volleyball this year we're we 're the start of it, and we uh hope to see all of our sports across the board uh, benefit from uh, our deal of the valley on e s p n three so uh, with that in mind let 's jump into some uh some valley stuff uh I like to call this thing the rewind to sort of recap what 's been going on around the league so if you 'll bear with me. Uh, we'll do the uh, the Valley Rewind right now. Uh, all right, first up, uh, Fred Van Vliet, named to the uh, Oscar Robertson uh, watch list. Uh, what this means, the Oscar Robertson Trophy Mid-Season Watch List, uh, it's awarded to the USBWA, that's the United States Basketball Writers Association, uh, National Player of the Year choice. Um, those named to the Mid-Season uh, Watch List are considered front runners going into uh, the stretch run of the season obviously and, and who might get the award. Um details, I'm 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 doing this on the fly and uh we all know Fred Van Vliet's uh credentials by now. I just got back from Evansville uh where the the Shockers uh held off the purple aces at the, a great crowd by the way there are ten thousand folks there for that game. Uh Fred Van Vliet's career high. I didn't I didn't even realize this as I was taking pictures on the baseline uh, he finished with 32 points, 15 to 15 from the free throw line. Uh, that's got to help his stock, I think, in this uh, award watch list, don't you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My goodness, to go 15 for 15 like that, that's that's a big-time player in a big-time situation just taking care of business.
1: Yeah, and, and God, I mean, a side note on the Shockers, but how good is this team? And we'll get into in, get into them in detail, uh, obviously, but them being healthy and and – Fred being black, and like I said, we've talked about this over and over and over. They're an extremely quality basketball team. And I can – tonight, as we were leaving the Ford Center in Evansville, I heard some of the Evansville fans say, that's a really good – I mean, they're just impressed. That's a really good basketball team. And I think my hope for this stretch run now in the the, uh, conference season is that folks appreciate what we're seeing, not only from Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker at Wichita State, but also from D.J. Ballantyne, Agidius Miscavige's uh, the other seniors across the league, uh, we've got some really good folks, and it's going to make Arch Madness special, but I hope everyone enjoys their senior days as we get towards the end of the year. Not to jump too far ahead, but um, some just extremely special talent in the league. The, the uh,
2: fans of the Valley are seeing, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really special players um, that have done a lot of huge things for their teams and a lot of incredible things for this conference as far as the sport of basketball goes in the national landscape.
1: No doubt about it. You nailed it on that one. Um, back on the Oscar Robertson Trophy, the watch list, the National Player of the Year for the United States Basketball Writers Association, some of the players included on that list, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Denzel Valentine, Michigan State, uh, Melo Trimble, Maryland. Uh, we all know uh, Mr. C- uh, ben from LSU, Wayne Sell in Kansas. I mean, it's just a who's who of college basketball. And Fred Van Vliet being on that list obviously talks about his credentials and and Uh, how he's qualified uh, not only this year, got his career just give him props for his career, at Wichita State. They've done some things in these last four years. It's just been outstanding uh, for that program. Uh, Switching gears, baseball had some news uh, out recently that two, we'll have two telecasts coming up on ESPNU in the spring. I know uh, it's a little bit weird to be talking baseball here at the uh, (laughs) beginning of February, but uh, it's coming quick. Actually, we, uh, Believe it or not, the preseason polls is going to come out this coming week. But uh, uh, on ESPNU this coming uh, April, Wichita State will host TCU in a home game on April 2nd. That game will be on ESPNU, was announced. And also a conference game, uh, Dallas Baptist taking on Bradley on April 30th, will also be in ESPNU. So a uh, tremendous opportunity for those programs to be on the national uh, TV screen. And the Valley coming off a huge, huge huge historic baseball season last year if you don't know uh dallas baptist was number one in the rpi for majority of the season last year uh missouri state was the regular season and tournament champion uh bradley was an uh, at-large bid uh valley had three those three teams reached the ncaa's uh and Missouri State and Dallas Baptist hosted regionals. Missouri State was a runner-up in the Super Regionals, losing to Arkansas. But just a huge baseball year for the Valley, and we're hopeful that this coming year can be more of the same. And uh, the Valley baseball train just keeps on rolling on. Uh, just It's it's always been a historic or a, a unique league in terms of baseball. Folks follow Valley baseball uh, closely. But hopefully this year continues to uh, be uh, another one for the league in terms of uh, – Keeping our teams in the national landscape and potential for uh, tournament uh, postseason opportunities.
2: Absolutely, I think uh, we're we're seeing a similar evolution with. Valley Baseball, and that we've got a a handful of teams that have really started to get some traction, really started to build something special, and that all really came to fruition last year with some fantastic performances. Now this year, we've got a chance to build that national viewership of the product that we've got here, and then hopefully just continue along on that success, furthering that brand of baseball in the Valley, which I think is, uh, you know, obviously Collegiate baseball, it's its not as widely offered across the nation as a couple of the other sports, uh, basketball and football particularly. But the higher quality product we can generate, the more excitement that gets, the more those fans get to uh, really enjoy their product being pushed to the forefront of, uh, of, of television audiences like we've got coming up this year.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't know where we will be in terms of the P pn 3 for this year. Um, that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens, what, what, what our uh, production teams will uh, make available for this coming year. Um, but I'm sure there will be a number of uh, viewing opportunities available. I know Dallas Baptist has always streamed uh, their games online. Uh, Missouri State's had some here and there. Wichita State's had some uh, here and there. So, uh, But obviously in the future it will be a, a great thing for our Valley Baseball programs to also be on the ESPN3 platform as well. Um, back to Basketball. Uh, another accolade for Fred Van Vliet. I guess we had to break up the Van Vliet news there a little <laughs> bit. Um, I'm not sure how many folks are aware the uh, senior class award is an award giving to – it represents all sports across college sports, across the NCAA, um, and they do a senior class award uh, for, you know, soccer, baseball, volleyball, all of them. And the Valley actually has two student athletes in terms of men's basketball – on the Senior Class Award list that was uh, announced recently, uh, Fred VanVleet of Wichita State and Agidius Miscaviges both named to that list as the uh, uh, two two highly impressive seniors uh, doing uh, great things in their craft and, and, and being uh, named to the watch list for that award. So a number of great seniors, not just those two, obviously, in the league, but... Uh, it's a great honor for those two to be uh, attached to that uh, award as well. And we'll see uh, how that pans out. I think typically that award gets announced near the end of the year, if not at the end of the year. Um, and I'm not sure how much uh, weight goes on that. And it used to be a huge fan voting thing. I'm not sure how much of that still goes on. I'm looking at it online now. Uh, but, again, still regardless. Uh, both Agidius Miscaviges of Evansville and Fred VanVleet. Tremendous honor for those two guys to have that their names attached to that award as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think one thing that can happen is towards the the mid to the end of any season, um, especially basketball. This happens a lot. Football as well. You start to hear about all of these award watch lists, and I think the more and more awards you start to hear about, more players on these lists, it it sort of it sort of starts to dilute the uh really the appreciation some of these players can get but i think what people have to realize is that you're hearing guys like fred van vliet on a lot of these lists because they're they're really fantastic players it's not that everyone's on the senior class award list because you're talking about guys like perry ellis who everyone has heard of Uh, nick moore from smu is another great example of that but this is it's a huge honor a little different than that oscar robertson trophy um factors in a couple of other aspects, uh, not just basketball play, but a lot of community and classroom engagement. Um, and this is huge for the Valley. I mean, to see both a Gideous and Fred on this list.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. It, it does take in some factors of uh, community classroom character and competition, as they say. Um, some of the, some of the names on the list. And it's kind of interesting. This award stretches around the country. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of more wide ranging. There's Kyle Wiltshire, Gonzaga, uh, we got players from Stony Brook, Stephen F. Austin, Michigan State, Yale, uh, Pitts, SMU, uh, Brown, Duke, Albany. Uh, it's, it's a much wider representation, uh, but it's, it's made to honor those that are seniors that have stuck around for four years and, and been really good uh, in all four of those categories, community, classroom, character, and competition, obviously, on the court. So, uh, once again, congratulations to Agidius Miscaviges and Fred Van VanVleet. Um, All right. With that in mind, let's take a quick break and get into some some meat and bones of men's Valley men's basketball crazy weekend uh, this past weekend with a couple overtime games. We'll talk a little bit about that and anything else that comes up uh, here on the Inside the Valley podcast.
0: The madness starts at the Arch as the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Championship hits the hardwood at Scott Trade Center March 3rd through 6th in St. Louis. Don't miss any action as 10 Missouri Valley teams battle for an automatic NCAA berth. Arch Madness, presented by Fox Sports Midwest and Aetna. For tickets, call 800-745-3000. That's 800-745-3000 or visit archmadness.com.
1: Arch Madness quickly approaching. I hope you folks have your tickets. If you don't, and actually, and actually this is funny because now, uh, as February 1st is here, um, the ticket discounts, I know a number of folks wait uh, to see what those offer offers are. Ticket discounts on archmadness.com are now available. You can get some uh, different types of deals for the tournament if you're coming to St. Louis and, and bringing family and friends and whatnot. Uh, check that out. If you're coming down, if you have not bought your all-session tickets, you missed out on that that cheaper deadline. Uh, that uh, passed by on January 15th. Uh, speaking of men's basketball, crazy weekend in the valley. Um, I'm not sure the last time. And actually, I, I should say this because uh, Mike Kern sent out notes. Uh, the last time it happened. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, overtime in the valley. Uh, happening on certain days, but uh, we had two, two overtime games uh, on Saturday. Missouri state got by Illinois state at home, uh, 84, 81 on Saturday and a great double overtime game in Chicago, uh, Loyola, one Oh four, Indiana state, 96 on the NBC TV network. Uh, that one, Gosh, a hundred points! <laughs> I think some folks are kind of like, "How ha, that happened?" But just some tremendous basketball. Uh, Joe, let's let's start with the uh, Loyola uh, Indiana State ball game. Uh, I guess my gosh, it's kind of interesting what's to see what's ha- what's going on there. Indiana State's been playing really really good as at, of late. Uh, the the guy that's really impressed me the most has been Brenton Scott. He is such an outstanding shooter. He had 28 points for the Sycamores and a losing cause. Uh, but he he's just been so, so good. But yet Loyola uh, got 28 points from Montel James, 22 points from Devin Turk, 14 from Milton Doyle, 12 points from Jeff White. Uh, so many double-figure scores in this game. Just an outstanding one that went to double overtime. I don't know if folks have saw it. I have highlights on NBCSports.com. if you check out the video section there of what went down. But I don't, and I don't know if you saw this one at all, but it was a fantastic game to watch.
2: I did. I was able to catch uh, bits and pieces of that second half, and then once that thing went into overtime, I was glued to my phone watching the rest of that thing. Um, it, you talk about Brenton Scott. He's been fantastic for Indiana State. You talked about it, 28 points, six three-pointers, gigantic for Indiana State to be able to hit that point total if they did. But Loyola just did that much more. And I was looking at that scoring breakdown after the game. I didn't realize Loyola had 69 bench points. Yeah. Which, that, I mean, <laughs> that that's – that sounds like a total score for a team, 69. That's Drake has struggled to hit 69 points this year, but 69 bench points is nuts. Um, Milton Doyle had great 14 points, 7 for 8 free throws, and really on not a great shooting night. I think that's, I've always thought the mark of a really special player is somebody that can go out there, shoot ice cold in a game, and still contribute to a victory for his team, and Milton Doyle's a guy that showed up a couple of different times, sometimes in the scoring column, sometimes somewhere else to be able to get that done. Um, Loyola came out with a huge overtime, double overtime win over Indiana State. has been playing some great basketball recently.
1: Yeah, some of the numbers that stuck out to me, uh, field goal percentage in the first half for Loyola, they shot 72%. <laughs> Indiana State in the second half shot 69.6%, so 70% for them. Uh, in the game, uh, Indiana State shot 49%, Loyola shot 53 that's incredible,
2: and I mean those are halves. Those are performances, really, for both of these teams that they could go and play almost anyone else in the valley. And,
1: and get that's wins. An
2: automatic, that's an automatic <laughs> W. They just happen to show up in the same venue this weekend and play that same game against each other.
1: Yeah, Indiana State was uh, 21 for 28 from the free throw line as a team. Uh, Loyola was 34 for 40 from the free throw line as a team. 85 percent, 85 percent.
2: Thirty-six of those free throw attempts, Derek, were taken by guys right off that bench for Loyola.
1: Yeah, that's 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 crazy right there. But kudos to Loyola gutting out that win over Indiana State. And like I said, our, we're going to get into the standings here as we wrap up these games. But uh, Loyola now three and seven in the conference. Indiana State six and four. Uh, we've got a little bit of a tie there. Indiana State and uh, Illinois State both at six and four. Evansville and Southern both at seven and three. Uh, Illinois State now is 64 because they also lost. At the same time, a double, an overtime game there, uh, Missouri State, as the Indiana State and Loyola was going on. Uh, that game, Daquan Miller, who's been multiple-time newcomer of the week, my goodness, this guy apparently has – he wants to take big shots and continues to do so. He had another one uh, in the closing minutes of regulation to tie the game, and what sent it to overtime for Missouri State – Uh, And they ended up getting the win at home. Uh, Daquan Miller finished with uh, 22 points for the Bears as they got that win. His three-pointer with two two seconds left was like, it pretty much went the the size of the arch. (laughs) He had to shoot over a guy taller than him, which for him happens often. But kudos to him, man. That's that's, that's gutsy to, to want to be in that position often.
2: And what's even more impressive is that Missouri State really had kind of a disappointing loss to Indiana State earlier this week. Uh, Daquan Miller is a guy that's been huge for the Bears, but he only had 12 points in that Indiana State game, didn't shoot very well. And then to take a performance like that, turn it around, show up for this game, big stage. Illinois State's a good team. You had to hit that light three-pointer to send it in. And then we get into overtime. If you're looking at just the scoring column, Daquan Miller didn't contribute points-wise, but he had... He assisted on two three-pointers for the Bears, which were huge in, in, I mean, in putting this thing away because... Early in the overtime, Missouri State went down seventy nine to seventy two, which that's a death knell for a lot of teams. Once you hit OT, you've got tired guys, legs are starting to go, a seven point deficit in an extra period after forty minutes. You don't you don't see teams coming back from that a lot, but you've got facilitators, scorers, playmakers like Daquan Miller getting it done for Missouri State at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, Jared Jared Dixon of Missouri State was also a hero in that game in overtime. He had fourteen points in the game. Chris Kendricks finished with seventeen. Uh, you had eight from Cam and Boone. So uh, the Bears getting some uh, contributors uh, after Dave Quamera to help them get through there. For Illinois State in that game, they were led by Devon Akun Purcell who had 18. Uh, Macau McIntosh had 16, and Deontay Hawkins had 15 for the Redbirds. Uh, as I said, the Redbirds will uh, slide to 6-4, and uh, tied with Indiana State in the standings. Uh, the Bears improved to 5-5. Five and five. Right now, uh, the way it looks – You've got Missouri State 5-5, five and five, followed by Northern Iowa 4-6, and six, Loyola 3-7, and seven, uh, Drake and Bradley rounding it out. So the Bears finding ways to win games, and sometimes in this league, that's what it takes to get it done. You just got to sort of find your way, especially on your home court. Everyone wants to defend their home court, and we all know it's not just in the Valley in college basketball in general. It's so hard to win on the road. So, uh, But just, again, it's a, it's a great game. If you haven't had have a chance to see that one, uh, go back on ESPN3 and watch it. And you, you, at least the, that, that ending moment, it was great. And I, I did post highlights of that one as well uh, under the multimedia tab and video uh, on the Valley websites. It was, a, it was a great finish there in Springfield.
2: It was a great game in general, even for Illinois State in that losing effort. And just one last note about them, it's it's hard to give guys proper credit in a losing effort. But Mikhail McIntosh had a great game earlier this week against Drake as well. And he, he had, looked like he was going to have another promising performance. Then he fouls out with 14 seconds left, and he's gone for that overtime period. That was a huge difference maker for that Illinois State team as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last one I wanted to touch on was the the Sunday night game when ESPNU it was a big one. Uh, Evansville and Wichita State. Uh, the first matchup was 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 a great game in Wichita. Uh, the Shockers won that one. Uh, tonight uh, they had a sold out crowd. At the Ford Center, in Evansville. It was it was a great atmosphere. Those fans were into it. Uh, Wichita State. as We said they got the win again. They've now won eleven games in a row. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, a career high thirty two points. Uh, just outstanding outstanding He he's such a difference maker for that team uh 15 to 15 from the free throw line uh it it just amazes me a guy that has the ball in his hands so often uh that doesn't turn it over he only had one turnover today he had two steals as well three assists uh but he just does it all for that team it's kind of like at this point what more do you say about fred van vliet i mean it's so good
2: He's an incredible role model for a lot of the young guards we've got in this valley today, especially when we look forward to the changing of the guard that's going to happen with all these great seniors that are leaving after this season. Van Vliet is a guy that gets it done for his team. He can score, he can facilitate, and he does not lose the ball. That is a problem that we see in a lot of young guards today who transition from that high school to the college game, and that's that's a difficult part of it. You don't realize how big that defense steps up once you get to the next level. Uh, VanVleet was incredible. I was actually kind of surprised to hear that that was a career high, because as great of a player as he's been since he's been in the Valley, to think he hasn't exploded for 40-plus at least <laughs> once. Yeah. I, I guess that's something to look forward to at Arch Madness <laughs> this year, though.
1: <laughs> Man, that happens. Man, that you, you might see Arch Madness trending for that reason alone, because Fred VanVleet did it. So... Uh, scoring for the Shockers, Van Vliet with 32, uh, Connor Frank Camp with 10. He was uh, 2 of 6 from 3. Uh, Ron Baker with a quiet 9 points, but 4 or 5 from the field, very efficient. Uh, 8 points for Evan Wessel, 5 uh, each for McDuffie, Grady, Rashard Kelly. Uh, four Evansville, uh, gosh, DJ Ballantyne struggled to get going. He's such a great scorer. Uh, but you can tell it, it just wasn't easy for him today. Uh, but he still managed to get eighteen points uh to lead uh Evansville. against Miscavige's still still had that double double. He had uh sixteen <laughs> points and twelve rebounds, so he's he's a rebounding machine. You just can't take that away from him. Uh Brazoya had eleven, uh, Jalen Brown seven, Blake Simmons five, and four each from Adam Wing and Kristen Benzon. So uh the Aces are gonna have to rebound here and shake this one off because they had a huge, huge crowd, and I, I think those folks saw that these guys are are in it for the hall. And if if these guys can get a, a good string going here and finish it out strong, I was, they're going to have a challenge from Southern Illinois, who lost to uh, Northern Iowa on Sunday. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting stretch run for uh, Evansville and Southern Illinois uh, to see who's second and third going into Arch Madness.
2: Yeah, they're they're racing towards the finish line at this point. Um, that that Wichita State Evansville. Evansville had a huge opportunity there. Uh, especially when you look back to how that first matchup ended. I think Evansville felt like they left some on the table. They had Wichita State in a vulnerable position at home and couldn't quite close it. This time they've got them in their place. But like you said, uh, Valentine had a he had a slow start. The whole team 23% from the field in the first half 12 turnovers. That's not going to get it done. Not against Wichita State. Even when you've got a guy like Shaq Morris who's had a couple of great games. He was limited because of foul trouble. They were able to go right at him and almost take him out of the game they still couldn't close the deal there. So now we've we've got Evansville and Southern Illinois um, really trying to close the gap, and then we've got teams right behind them like Indiana State and Illinois State who still don't feel like they're out of this thing exactly. with the time they've got until Arch Madness.
1: Exactly, exactly. So here, here's where we sit. First half of the season's over. Obviously, we've got, we're 10 games in, uh, so there's eight left. Uh, so recapping Thursday, we had that fantastic game between Evansville and Southern Illinois uh, where D.J. Bontine hit the – he was the hero there. Evansville – or has knocked off Southern Illinois. There, uh, Drake got their first win, uh, knocking off Bradley, 80 to 70 on Saturday. We talked about Loyola getting the win over Indiana State and Missouri State getting the win uh, at home over Illinois State. Uh, Sunday, Northern Iowa got a win, a much needed win for the Panthers. I'm sure they'd say that they got they uh, home court win over Southern Illinois and Wichita State takes off, uh, knocks off Evansville. So the way the standings are right now, you've got Wichita State 10 and 0 at the top. Uh, Evansville and Southern Illinois seven and three uh, Indiana state and Illinois state both six and four uh, Missouri state five and five Northern Iowa four and six Loyola three and seven and Drake and Bradley both at one and nine. So uh, Wichita state undefeated. I don't know if they're going to do that again. If, if, if they're going to get someone's best shot, I'm obviously everyone's best shot, uh, but a lot of basketball still to be played, uh, but it, We've got some interesting races to to see what happens, and the tiebreaker uh, uh, formula might get a workout by my boss, Mike Kern, (laughs) going into Arch Madness. I'm not jealous that that he has that uh, responsibility of figuring that out.
2: I think we coming into the conference season, we saw a lot of different possibilities for even at this point in the season. And I, I'm not sure that Wichita State at 10 and O this late in was something we thought when we saw them at, you know, five and five earlier this year after a pretty tough loss. Um, but they've, they've gotten healthy. They've put on a, a great run through the Valley Gauntlet and we're we're seeing that once again this is the class of the Valley. Uh they've Greg Marshall's built an incredible program. A lot of talent there led by uh I, I mean Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet are, are national names. We we're privileged in the Valley, fans everywhere, even when your team is throwing their best shot at them and maybe not getting it done every night, you're seeing some incredible basketball from these Wichita State Shockers. Yeah. And then moving down that tie at seven and three, Evansville and Southern Illinois. I'm, I'm going down this list of rankings, Derek, and I'm trying to see where I can draw the line right below the last team that I think has got a shot to, to maybe make a, a, a hard run into Arch Madness. And I really... It's it's by the time I get to Loyola, and we're almost at the bottom of the conference, and I'm still looking at teams that, that I think, oh, they, they could rattle a few off. Northern Iowa, I think, is a great dark horse at 4-6 and six in the conference. Looks like they could be on their way down, but they got two huge wins this week, and um, they, they've got a, a really big game when Evansville comes to town.
1: And this week coming up real quick, Drake and Indiana State at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. Two games on Tuesday, Drake and Indiana State at 6 o'clock, Bradley, Missouri State at 7 Uh, Wednesday, there'll be three. Uh, Evansville, Northern Iowa should be a good game on the NBC TV network, six o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, Illinois State, Loyola at seven. And then Southern Illinois and Wichita State at eight. On Saturday, this is one of those rare days where every team is in action. Five games on Saturday. Missouri State and Evansville at 11. UNI Drake at one. Loyola, Southern Illinois at seven. Indiana State, Bradley at seven. Wichita State, Illinois State at 9. Uh, all those games on either the ES- Valley on ESPN3, the NBC TV network, uh, and the UNI Drake game on Saturday will be on CBS Sports Network. Wichita State, Illinois State is set for ESPN2 on Saturday. So try to go through that really quickly. Obviously, you can check out the schedule, NBCSports.com slash Uh the schedule there, and as the uh, – The details we get from ESPN, we plug in the links on directly watching those games on Watch ESPN, the ESPN app, uh, always available online. So that'll do it for our men's basketball update uh, really quickly there. Uh, Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the same for women's basketball. We've got a a little bit of a log in, but the very top of those things, we'll talk about that and more as the Inside the Valley podcast continues. Hey, Hoops fans, Missouri Valley
0: Conference Women's Basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities, presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com.
1: Hope folks have made their plans to join us in the Quad Cities for Hoops in the Heartland, uh, March 10 through the 13th, Moline, Illinois, the Iowa Center, the new home of the Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, tickets are available now. You can visit abcquadcities.com. Just as you heard that ad said, I'm not sure why I'm repeating it when there was just a commercial played. But uh, <laughs> synthesizing uh, information for the that's audience. right, reinforce positive reinforcement, right? That's what it's all about. <laughs> Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on the Valley side in women's basketball. Uh, it's interesting because right now we've got a three-way tie up at the top of the standings. Uh, Drake is seven and two, Missouri State seven and two, and Northern Iowa seven and two. So, uh, of course, Missouri State picked one, Drake picked two. We knew they'd be there. Northern Iowa's always a quality basketball team, uh, and they've they've picked up some early wins uh, to keep them at top of the pack. Uh, Southern Illinois six and three. Uh, they knocked off uh Illinois State today 76-71 today meaning Sunday uh well it's kind of interesting this is the first time they've completed the weekend sweep of both Indiana State and Illinois State since the 1996-97 season uh what that means Cindy Stein head coach Cindy Stein is really turning the tide there she's got that program going on the right track if they they're done some things that the Slukie program hasn't done in a long long while and this is one of them uh, they got a uh, a double double from Asia Washington, uh, and the Slookies are now 13 and 8, 6 3 overall, and and they're they're a team to be reckoned with. They're not going to go quietly, and they're going to have something to say about who uh, who wins the regular season title in the Valley.
2: Oh yeah, they picked a fantastic time to to sweep that because just looking at the logjam, like you said, we've got at the top of this Valley Conference. Uh, this is when you've got to rattle off two quick wins like that in the weekend
1: yeah yeah absolutely so it's it's funny because we go back now looking at what happened on friday uh they we mentioned southern illinois with the sweep they knocked off indiana state uh northern iowa fell to loyola loyola got the win 64 60 that was also a good game uh closing moments highlights that one are on the website as well um uh, drake uh took care of bradley illinois state got the win over evansville uh saturday missouri state defeated wichita state uh sunday Indiana State uh, defeated Evansville. Northern Iowa got the win over Bradley. Drake, an 81-65 win over Loyola. And Southern Illinois, as we mentioned, 76. Illinois State, 71. Uh, That wraps up January for both the men and the women. It's it's February now. and Like we said, this home stretch, this this is the part where we get into the meat of the schedule where we really find out there's going to be someone that's going to make or break their season at this point. Uh, and, and the matchups on the women's side are no, no different than the men. Uh, coming up this coming Friday, in the Valley, we play uh, the interest schedule with travel partners, so all the games obviously being uh, Friday-Sunday matchups. Uh, this coming week, it's, the Loyola-Southern matchup was a good one the last time these two teams played, and it should be a good one again. The return one in Chicago this time, this coming Friday. Uh, Missouri State-Northern should be a really good game. Missouri State-Northern-Iowa. Uh, Evansville and Bradley, Wichita state will take on Drake and Indiana state will take on Illinois state. All those games Friday at seven o'clock will be on the Valley on ESPN three. And then Sunday, Missouri state and Drake, I can remember a game. I I, want to say it may have been two years ago. It might've been last year. I can't even uh, remember 100%, but they played a, a, an overtime game that was in the hundreds. These are two teams that can score in the game in, in Springfield this past, this year, Uh, a couple weeks ago, was no different. Uh, The first half was a three-point shootout, Uh, (laughs) and and that's what those teams can do. Lizzie Wendell can score. Uh, Tiana Snow and and, uh, Kenzie Williams from Missouri State for the Lady Bears, they're they're also very, very talented. Tiana Snow, uh, there's a feature on our website about her uh, leading the league in steals at three a game. Uh, She's had 80 steals a game in her career, Eighty Steel. She she's got something about picking pockets in, in basketball, so
2: Well and I uh Derek if yeah, if you you folks listening, if you go to the go to the, the channel and watch that profile with Tiana Snow because she talks about the, the mentality of someone that is a prolific stealer in the game of basketball, and I think that's something that you don't you don't get an opportunity to hear about. Um, but she talks about how she evaluates the dribble, how she she really takes this seriously as a facet of her game, getting to that basketball when it's in the opponent's hand, and it's made her a figure in the valley. And uh, she's going to lead this Missouri State State team really through the gauntlet this week, as they've got to play you and I and Drake and try and try and you know crack through this uh, this top three jam we've got here at the, at the Valley standings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is a great feature uh, by Dan Lucy and, and down in Springfield down there. Uh, wrapping up Sunday schedule, Southern Illinois and Bradley, uh, Wichita state and you and I and Evansville taking on Loyola. So a uh, Sunday in the Valley for women, uh, two o'clock starts all on the Valley on ESPN three. The other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up here on the podcast this week, uh, the Valley released the preseason poll, Uh, This past Wednesday, Wichita State was picked at the top of it. Shockers got 84 points, three first-place votes. uh, Topping that, Missouri State picked second. Northern Iowa picked third. Drake, last year's regular season champion, picked fourth. Indiana State followed by, or excuse me, Illinois State, then followed by Indiana State, the Sycamores, last year's tournament champion, uh, Southern Illinois, uh, Bradley, Loyola, and Evansville. Uh, This year's conference tournament will be held in Carbondale, Southern Illinois, the host. Uh, The preseason all-conference team, also part of that release. Uh, Casey Williams of Wichita State, Cassie Brown of Indiana State, Mackenzie Wright, Wichita State, Aaron Duell, Missouri State, Jordan DeLos Reyes of Illinois State, Chelsea Ross, uh, who's been an all-conference performer as a pitcher for and I. She's also on the the preseason all-conference team. Danielle Freeman of Evansville, Brittany Fortner of Wichita State, uh, Annie Heineman of Illinois state, Erica Hanson, Bradley, Erica Velasquez Zimmer, Missouri state, Nicole Newman of Drake and Aaron Strump, pitcher from Missouri state. So, uh, the softball season coming quickly and I always enjoy getting a chance to, uh, uh, talk with our softball student athletes there. They're always gracious on the field and, and they enjoy just playing the game. Uh, and, and for those that don't watch a lot of the Valley softball, uh, obviously different from baseball, the pace is a whole lot quicker uh, but last year, the tournament in Wichita, the conference tournament, we actually had, I want to say maybe 12 to 15 home runs hit that weekend. It was just interesting to watch. Indiana State went on a crazy run uh, as the, the lowest seed to win the conference tournament. Uh, so they went on the center of the run. And then even when they got to the NCAA tournament, they uh, pulled out a win, their first win at the NCAA tournament in their program. So uh, the sort of Sycamores will be aiming to do a little bit more damage in the regular season to prove folks run in the preseason poll uh, but Wichita State's a very good team. They won the regular season a couple years ago. Uh, Missouri State's returning a lot of impressive players from a team that was the uh, runner-up in the conference tournament last year, so we'll see how the, uh, the softball season pans out.
2: It should be exciting, and when you look at that preseason poll that's been released, uh, I mean, Wichita State looks like a pretty clear first place, but then second, third, fourth, fifth so Missouri yeah. State, Northern Good Iowa, point. Drake, Illinois State, all neck and neck, yeah. right next to each other. And then I mean the first real break is is a separation between Illinois State and Indiana State. Indi- Indiana State's one of the four teams in this poll that received a first place vote. Mm-hmm. So they there a lot of competition coming into this softball season.
1: For yeah, and Valley. I wanna note this is a poll by the coaches, so this is how they rate them themselves and their peers, their their fellow league members. So uh uh, softball is always competitive sport one one of the sort of tradition rich uh women's sports in the league uh, a lot of history with the Valley and women's softball uh so that season right around the corner time to look forward to spring and like i said the the baseball preseason poll won't be far behind so uh we'll hopefully be able to talk about that real soon and and see how that uh preseason and and how will the non-conference will set up for the league in baseball uh like i said the valley was at times number six seven in the uh the uh, conference uh, RPI rankings, and just an outstanding year for the league. It was so fun to watch baseball last year. Um, so, so that's about all I got to talk about. Anything else on your mind in the Valley?
2: I, you know, I I think we crushed it. I'm excited uh, to get softball rolling. Baseball's right around the corner. I, like you said, I can't believe it's spring. I, I happened to be in Lawrence, Kansas this weekend. And actually we were walking on campus, my younger brother and I, and we walked right past the KU baseball field team was out there running drills. And I had, I, I I looked at my, my watch and I said, what, what time is it? What year is it? What month is it in the season? Are we really, you know, that close to these, these spring sports kicking off?
1: We are, we are. And I, I, as much as I love college basketball myself, I like spring weather. <laughs> I like <Yeah>. being outside. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely don't want to jump jump too far ahead because we have a lot of stuff going on, uh, not only in the month of February with uh, obviously in the thick of college basketball, our men's and women's basketball seasons, but the swimming and diving championships will be right around the corner. I'll be in, in Carbondale for that. Uh, the indoor track and field championship will be on the Valley on ESPN3 for a second, second year. We did that last year as well. So that'll be fun. And it'll lead us, lead us into uh, Arch Madness and Hoops in the Heartland. And and then even the, the Valley's a host for the uh, first and second round of the NCAA tournament uh, hosting at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. So we got a lot of basketball still to play, and uh, we'll uh, have some fun with that before we jump too far ahead into the spring.
2: Derek, we might just be able to find something to talk about if we look hard for it.
1: <laughs> I think so. I think so. so. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for taking time to listen. And by all means, if you've got uh, comments, thoughts, questions, find me. Shoot us a note, uh, d docket on Twitter, in, at NBC Sports at Valley Hoops. You guys probably know how to find us if you found the podcast. Uh, love to have your questions, comments, uh, topics, whatever it might be. And uh, hope to even get some uh, some guests on this thing in, in the uh, future. Might have some surprises even for next week. We'll see how that pans out. But, uh Joseph, I, this is this is fun. Have, great to have you along for this ride, and uh, we'll talk to, uh, next week.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Derek.
1: All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Inside the Valley Podcast, nvcsports.com, soundcloud.com slash Sports.